0: Want to remind you before we get started, the Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner of Purple Insider and the Blue Wire Network. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging service fees ever. Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here and a very interesting guest on the show. Going a little bit of a different path here today with author (laughs) Chris Jones. You're laughing already. I like that. I mean, it's unique because we often have uh, football players on the show, but we have author Chris Jones, who's one of my favorite writers of all time, and his book coming out in January, The Eye Test, a case for human creativity in the age of analytics, and you're going to help me with a problem I have, Chris. Are you ready to do this? Well, yeah. Okay, let's get it started. Yeah, because uh, thanks for having gonna... me on, by the way, and thank you for your kind words. Yeah, for sure. And
1: now sure. I feel like I'm about to get filleted, but
0: that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that. Um, but oh. it, the the basic the premise of your book is that you know we have all these numbers and everything else, but. Numbers are created by humans and numbers can be flawed and they can tell us the wrong things and that people who have the right eyes can figure out and cut through the truth. And I just there's so many stories that I could share that people should will want to read in here. Um, but I love the story of the weatherman who hacked The Price is Right. Um, and uh, the, the story of Teller from Penn and Teller is one of my favorites. And it's got my favorite quote of all time in here from him. And you know exactly what I'm talking about uh, when he says that the real magic is that no one would ever put this much time into magic tricks. Um, but here's my problem that I'm having. OK, the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, has one of the greatest quarterback ratings of all time, fifth in NFL history and has had a top 10 rating every single year. And they don't win, Chris. <laughs> and, and you you laugh, but I cannot tell you how unusual this is. So I went through all of the uh, this might be taking more time than anyone should ever take with something. I don't know if it's magical or not but uh, the, I went through all the top 10 rankings each year okay. quarterback rating and they almost always win like 65 to 75% of w- games for the top 10 quarterbacks in terms of like winning percentage. Hmm. And I feel like this is a very human problem of why Kirk cousins does not win football games. So I want to talk to you about athletes, statistics, quarterbacks, all these things. When I tell you this statistic, like what, what strikes you? What, what do you think of?
1: I mean, first of all, I would say that's super interesting. So you're saying normally a top 10 quarterback, a top 10 rated quarterback wins two thirds of the time or better. Yes. Or better. And what's Kirk Cousins?
0: Uh, 500 quarterback, dead down. 500 the middle, But the last two years, he's been in the top five and they've been below 500. They've been a bad team, seven and nine, five and seven so far this year.
1: So, my instinct, and
0: I don't know if this is correct, would be that the Vikings, it's got to be a problem of defense, doesn't it? Now, you would think that, yes, but it's more complicated than that because a lot of the teams that are around the Vikings in points allowed are better than them. Almost every team that's around them in points allowed is better than them. And they had good defenses in 2018 and 2019, but they still weren't good. They were a little better, but they still weren't good. It is a defensive problem. There's no doubt about it, but it's also the quarterback impacts the defense. Unlike baseball, where you know the batter yes. does not impact the field, the team's fielding. If you hold on to the ball longer, as you saw last night in Bills Patriots, um, the other team can't get the ball right. And this is a thing where the Vikings are 25th in third down percentage, yet their quarterback has 123 quarterback rating on third downs. Another conundrum. Right. That actually actually seems not possible. Mm -hmm. Here's how it's possible. Yeah.
1: Do you have a theory? Because now now this is, is, I I find this, this is actually super interesting. This is a solid opener, Matthew. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you. So it's not a case where the Vikings score a lot, but allow more points. It's not a case where they're losing like 42 to 35. Correct. Even when they have a decent defense, they don't win. Correct. Is it coaching? What's it got so to be? Is okay. game game management? Is that the problem?
0: Yeah. So it's a lot of things. <laughs> uh, <it's,
1: laughs> well,
0: that's the other thing. That's the <laughs> other thing. that it, it doesn't
1: have to be one thing, right? Which is always when we have debates like this, it's always like, what's the golden BB? Like, what's the one explanation? that Sometimes it's a lot of things and it's not as sexy, but it's like
0: which is why I like your book so much. And I was thinking about, and I even started my own article about this, talking about your book and the movie executive who tried to uh, algorithm his way into hit movies and yet it kind of imploded. And so, I mean, this is a quarterback who on third and 11 will consistently complete a seven yard pass, like all the time. So he has 36 completions this year on third down. And 13 of them resulted in first down on third down and long. Sorry. So you can look good on the quarterback rating, but actually not have completed the goal. Uh, The other thing is that his coaches don't trust him. They blame him for things uh, pretty openly. They (laughs) (laughs) Always great. That's great. (laughs) It is. It makes for good drama. They uh, they also. Uh, dial up plays like screen passes and underneath throws and things like that, that show very little trust in the quarterback. It's like things you would do when there's 40 mile an hour wins is the way that they've done it. And in 2018 and 19, uh, they lacked so much trust in him that they focused on a run first offense. And This year they can't run the ball that well. So they changed it, but it's a pass short offense. It has, he's averaging one of the shortest passes in the league. So I think what's fascinating about this, because you wrote about Derek Jeter and UZR and how like this one statistic was supposed to just tell us everything about Derek Jeter as a defensive player, but you use the example of the pitch to uh, get Jeremy Giambi out. And I think there's a lot more to this too, because there's, there's, you know, a statistic that tells you kind of one thing that broadly captures most of the people who are good at quarterback, but misses also a lot of different factors that can go into it as well. Yeah. And there's always like exceptions to rules.
1: I mean, that's the other hard thing that there is to adjust. And, and I mean, I, I, this leadoff that you've given, there are 20,000 things we can discuss right now. I mean, one of the things I'm sort of wondering now is, so there's a law in economics, Goodhart's law, that is once a measure becomes a target, it ceases to become a good measure. So a lot of analytical argument presupposes that the people being watched don't know that they're being watched so that, you know, you are neutrally examining a system at play and no one is aware that you are having anything to do with this and they don't alter their behavior because you're watching. Now, Kirk cousins knows full well what will give him a good passing rating. I'm assuming he knows mm-hmm. what goes into that statistic and how he will, it's possible that he knows that he will rate himself well with these plays and that it doesn't it's it's possible that his play is altered by the existence of that statistic do you know what I mean like it, it it's it's a this happens in hockey with um possession stats you'll see guys try to get off the ice as soon as the puck gets turned over and then they screw the guy on the backcheck. and it's like it's 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 just because they know that statistic matters uh, plus minus is another statistic that is sort of like it encourages you to get the hell off the field. Like it's <laughs> like a, it's a, it's, so I guess I would do my first question. Is, is Kirk cousins playing the way he's playing because he knows it makes him, him
0: look good. Okay. This is a, this is a great point because I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, No one would ever admit to that. Of course not. No one would ever say, yes, I intentionally throw short of the sticks on third down because I don't want to risk throwing an interception. Now, there is some psychology here of the thought process that he was a fourth round draft pick. And if you're a fourth round draft pick, one of the things you need to not do when you get in football games is throw interceptions. Throw interceptions, right. And there's also a thought that because he does not have a particularly strong arm, he's extremely accurate, but it's not like a laser, that he doesn't really trust to throw passes into tight windows. So that mm-hmm. doesn't exactly mean that he's trying to pump up quarterback rating, but it would mean he's trying to complete passes and throw throw things that are like risk-averse which is actually rewarded by completion percentage, which is baked into this quarterback rating. So normally it's, you would think like, okay, well, Steve Young completing 70% of his passes meant that Steve Young was unbelievably accurate. That's what it meant for him. I'm not sure it means that necessarily for Kirk cousins, right? Like, so the the same stat can mean different things. And also the other thing too, is your contract is tied into your statistics, not as much as baseball, but it's certainly they're going to look at it, right? When you've are you talked about Scott Boris creating these binders for Barry Zito. Well, you can bet that Mike McCartney, Kirk Cousins' agent, is creating the next contract extension and is able to use these sort of things. So maybe it would be uh, sort of an unconscious type of, I need to make sure that I don't get picks because that hurts my numbers.
1: And it's interesting that that statistic does not factor in risk-reward. So if a quarterback, I'm trying to think of a good, well, going back to baseball for a second, you know, we all thought Derek Jeter was an unbelievable defensive player because a ball would go past him and we didn't see someone with limited range. We thought, Oh, that ball would get past anybody. But then, you know, in 2010, when he won the gold glove, Alexi Ramirez made a lot more errors, but also in exchange for those errors made a, many more assists and many more putouts, and would have gotten to many of the balls that Derek Jeter let go. Since it's an easy trade. Ramirez is far better at the defensive shortstop, but it's like a risk-reward thing where, yeah, you're going to take some errors because he's going to make some plays on some balls that he probably can't make, but in exchange you get these great plays. So it's like Kirk Cousins, what it sounds like to me, having not watched hours and hours of Kirk Cousins, is he's really good at the short five-yard pass but will never give you the 40-yard bomb that you need sometimes to win a football game.
0: So he can, if the guy is open, make the throw, but right. it, it won't be the double coverage, Brett Favre, I'm going to throw it. And if there's an interception, there's not, which is kind of the example that I use. There's another thing too that you write about, uh, which is um, with movies, that there is a formula to make a successful movie. Yeah. And this formula has been taught and a lot of people have copied it and a lot of people have copied it successfully. But some of the great artists have said, "Uh, you know, this doesn't really, uh, you know, work for me and I'm going to do it differently. And they've made magical articles because of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there's some of that with cousins as well, that cousins can execute a play when drawn up properly, blocked properly, run the route properly, the way that quarterbacks are taught. I've talked to quarterback coaches who say, like, this guy is the best technical quarterback you're going to see. He's going to set his feet. He's going to be on time. He's going to throw an accurate pass. But when things break down, that's where there is not an, let's say creativity. There is not the human creativity that you would see from some other quarterbacks, even quarterbacks who aren't fast. I think we sometimes connect that entirely with, is the guy fast? But I mean, even if you watch old Joe Montana, I don't know if he was, you know, beating people in sprints, but moving around, finding somebody, keeping your eyes downfield, these are things that he doesn't necessarily do. And I think that those aren't really picked up by lot of the statistics
1: right well that's the other thing about statistics by especially if a in a a dynamic game like football i mean it's really hard to capture what that many guys are doing at once and you can say you know i always talk about sort of laboratory conditions it sounds like Kirk cousins is a great laboratory conditions quarterback Mm -hmm. like if everything goes according to plan he's your guy he will complete that pass exactly the way you want him to complete it as long as everything else on the field is going according to plan but then football how often do things go according to plan and you need someone who can one of my favorite quotes of all time is Mike Tyson everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face (laughs) like you need that guy who can freelance I think I think I would want a guy who if I was putting together a football team I'd want a guy who was I don't know 80% technically smart accurate thrower but with that 20% genius strain that is like you know Brett Favre or um, now I'm thinking, I know I know these words are fraught in your territory but I'm, occasionally I wonder what if you put Jay Cutler's mindset into Kirk Cousins what happens then <laughs> I think I think possibly you get a great quarterback
0: I actually I think you're actually right. Yeah, I think you're actually right. <laughs> so um, that's
1: it's that little edge, right? That is sort of like an interesting question. It's like what's that? and it's it's probably comes down to like two or three plays a game. This like is two a, three big plays, like it's just
0: well, and this is a point about like their defense and everything else, and how like their defensive ratings are bad, in part though, because you're you know giving the other team the ball and then they've had some injuries and so forth, but there are and I've been watching the uh, World Chess Championship, and it's very much this way with the greatest chess players, is it? they all know the main lines for everything, but then it comes down to like one blunder or one slight inaccuracy, and then the other guy gets you. And it's kind of like that with the Vikings, where in a lot of their losses, they've had chances to just end the other team, put the right. dagger in their back. I mean, there's a, there's an opportunity in week two against Arizona, one of the best teams in the league where they're up by two scores and they have the ball, San Francisco, two weeks ago, same thing up by two scores, have the ball and they go three and out. And like, well, you know, how am I supposed to say this quarterback isn't good when his numbers are so good. So he is, but there's also not like a mentality that is like, I don't know this extra level of competitiveness or maybe even an, a situational understanding of like, this is the moment. This right. is when I end that team's life, right. and it's just not there. It's like play the mechanical type of quarterback, and that's it. Now here's where it's hard, though, Chris, because look at so many quarterbacks who are just god awful. It's like, can you do it with this? Can you not do it with this? Because if you end up with something really bad, it's really bad. It's <laughs> really know? bad. Yeah, that's why so it's this, so hard. Th-
1: so, but then you have the question, like. Uh, uh, I've then I have two questions. I mean, one is, does it matter if you're, uh, doesn't matter if you win three games a season or you win seven or eight? No, not really. <laughs> like, it's, you're not making the playoffs. I mean, that's the story. And so it's, it's, um, it, it, and, and, and I think what you're describing almost is like the difference between a good quarterback and a winning quarterback. Hmm. And it's like, what, how do you, how do you quantify that? that little extra that makes you a winner. And and, and I don't know. This is where I think the eye test sort of comes into things. I don't know that there's a statistical way to divine whether someone is a quote-unquote winner. Like, and they're just – Tom Brady is the perfect six-round pick. Like, you know, you can – NFL teams analyze the hell out of college quarterbacks. Like, everything, everything, everything. And then it still comes down to a lot of luck. Some chance it seems like a guy will fall and be great. You make a first-round pick who's an absolute bust. It's like, how does that happen? That's, and that position, quarterback, uh, you know, I read about this in the book. Quarterback is one of the, the best positions that defies traditional statistical measures. It's just its just, it's its own thing. And there are, there are positions and there are players who are their own thing. I read a great story today about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant goes against every modern basketball metric. His great art is the mid-range jumper. The mid-range jumper is not an efficient shot. It's, that's why now we see it's three points and below the basket. That's all basketball is now. Kevin Durant is not that at all. And of course you would take Kevin Durant on your team, even though he defies every standard of modern basketball. And so the quarterback is like that. I think quarterback is one of those things where you just find the guy. I'm so interested to watch Mac Jones. I thought last night's game was so interesting. And Belichick obviously has some element in him. That is really good at figuring out those guys who have that little extra something. And I, I, he must see something in Mac Jones. I'm super curious what it is. Like I, I, at the moment don't really see, I think he's sort of Kirk cousins esque It sounds like to me, but he must see something.
0: Hey, everybody. Minnesota football is in full swing, and there is no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for Minnesota football tickets because. TickPick, that is T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site. It's the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for football tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which allows them to guarantee the best prices on all of your tickets. Don't believe it. If you can find better prices on the same seats on another site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference. Now, we've had lots of exciting games at U.S. Bank Stadium this year. There are still more to go, including Los Angeles coming here. It's always interesting when Chicago comes to town. So you're going to want to go to TickPick.com and check it out and make sure it's TickPick.com slash insider because you can save $10 on your first order for Minnesota tickets. That's TickPick.com slash insider.
1: You know what I think last last night's game was sort of fascinating to me where they were like,
0: Ooh, he's not going to throw it all. Uh, (laughs) And they're still going to win. It's like that last night's game was amazing. to me. Well, on the Durant point, here's the thing about basketball though, is that so often it comes down to a few key shots in a game. And the other team knows that you want to go underneath the basket or three-pointer. And if you have a guy who can win a one-on-one matchup and make a play, no matter what, no matter who's guarding him and he's going to get a bucket, you're going to win a lot of games because of that. I mean, that's the thing with like uh, Allen Iverson or Kobe Bryant. Oh, they were inefficient and so forth. Like, yeah, but when the shot clock is counting down and this guy has the ball in his hands, he has a great chance to score where most players don't have any chance to score in that situation. You need to be open to make threes. The numbers are very clear about that, right? And that's why I love your book, because I think that from the title, you could be like, what does this guy hate numbers? Like, nope. what's your, what's your problem, man? And it's nope. not that at all. No, like it's numbers. Not that. in fact, it so brilliantly ties in the human aspect of these things of like how these numbers are very human. There's another thing that I thought of too. Of- this, this,
1: by the way, Matthew, it's making me insane that I can't have a chapter on Kirk Cousins. This is a perfect example. It's like a complete, I'm like sitting here just going.
0: Ugh! It's coming out in uh january so you have you have time you have like a few weeks i don't um, know if you know how books get printed <laughs> 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 it's a while ago <laughs> i know i'm what i am probably a year ago right yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah so uh but but, your cousin sounds like a perfect
1: example of someone who sort of statistically looks good but doesn't have that
0: well, and know you know what Kirk Cousins ends up being too is uh what's that test where you look at it, the shapes and you. Oh tell yeah. Them,
1: the Rose heart. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Hart, it doesn't where, matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't
0: know how to say it. So I wasn't going to do it and put did. it on me. Rose heart. Yeah, exactly. Test. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Because everybody sees something different and mm-hmm. that's what, like nobody sees anything different in Dan Marino Like, oh man, that's just like an unbelievable quarterback. He wins all the games and the same thing with, you know, whatever, Patrick Mahomes, everyone sees the same thing with Cousins. I think some people see, see, themselves like he's a bit of a rule follower and he kind of sticks to the, the plan. And he's not a, he's not a typical like badass quarterback personality, which I think that his teammates sometimes kind of bristle at a little bit, like it doesn't have this connection of guys, we're going to go win that football game, which I think Mac Jones has a little more of the other thing too. That's interesting. Chris is that unlike baseball, it matters how much you make. It matters how much money they pay you. And if you're, right. Mac, if you're Mac Jones at $40 million, you're probably not winning as many games as you do with the Patriots. But if you're Mac Jones at $10 million, they could sign all the other players. So there's like these little tiny edges that go into it that are so interesting. There's also, you mentioned hockey stats, and that used to drive me crazy with Corsi. Everyone loves Corsi. But you're like, look, if this player on the third line plays Sidney Crosby all the time, he's going to get murdered. okay? Uh-huh. But he doesn't. And we don't have stats for he doesn't. And that's what I think in so many instances in your book, you think like we have stats that tell us certain things, but we don't have it if that's not the case. And right. it's the same sort of thing here where it's like, we don't have a stat for didn't make the throw into the tight window. We only have the ones that he did make and not the ones he didn't make.
1: Right. The missed opportunity stat. That doesn't make, and because anytime you get into something more subjective, statistics aren't amazing at quantifying it. And that's another one of my arguments in the book. And thank you for saying it's not like, I know people are going to think this is like the anti money ball. And it's not, I believe in science. I believe in numbers. I just don't think numbers always tell the whole story. And, and there's a place in those margins where they don't tell the whole story for smart, creative people to use their imagination to come up with the answer. That's basically the the premise of the book. And that like what we're talking about here is like, it's a perfect example. It's like, uh, Hockey, like there's so many things that don't. I'm trying to think of a good, just where it doesn't. Soccer. So my favorite sport is soccer. There is an analytics movement in soccer, and uh, big teams have data analysis of players. There is so much that is hard to quantify in soccer, like a defensive, a good defensive midfielder, really hard to quantify. Like it's tackles, it's you know uh, uh, ground cover, just things like that, but. Like leadership is really hard to quantify on a football field. Communication is really hard to quantify on, football, on a football soccer field. Um, uh, just smart positioning. Are they in the right place? Like that matters so much. And there's no stat that quantifies like whether someone is an intellectually good soccer player. And it's that for me is the stuff that is missing. And you see when you watch a game, I know in American football, your football, uh, there's this, there's like film there's analytics and film, right? There's these two schools that kind of, and I'm like, why wouldn't you both love the game? You can see it a little differently. Well, why don't we join forces? And this is where, this is where like greatness comes from. It's like, you, get, you take the best from both worlds. And I think something that's happening, you see it across society, take it out of sports. Black and white thinking is endemic, it's everywhere. And I think what's happening in a way is that people were taking in more information today than people are designed to take in, I yeah. think is what's happening. <laughs> and we can't process it. It's like there's too, it's a fire hose of stuff. It's too much. And so we engage in sorting. We sort of like, well, this goes in that bucket and this goes in that bucket. And it's two sides to every argument. Well, he, he's over here and she's over here, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's, it's such an unhelpful way to think because the world doesn't work like that. The world is very gray in so many things. Kirk Cousins is a great example of gray. That's a gray, it's a, it's a it's an argument about the margins. And black and white thinking isn't going to help
0: you there. Yeah, smart zealotry is still zealotry. Uh, Smart
1: zealotry is still zealotry. It's just it's it's, it's, and you see this in analytics. It's I think it's softening now. There's been sort of, um, you know, the analytics, the movement has occasionally stepped on a rake, and it's and it's (laughs) and you see it happening a little more where it's like, "Mm." but like maybe five or six years ago, if you dared question analytics like you were branded a moron like instantly if you just said yeah i'm not sure about this well you must be an idiot and it's like the most unhelpful you're not gaining any converse first of all if, you, if that's your goal as a movement you're not gaining any converse by calling people morons and second of all you're blinded to to the the, the valuable contribution that this person might give it's just it's for me it's like if you want the best possible solution you listen to as many smart people as you can from as many points of view with as many perspectives. And then a smart person makes the final choice based on all that information. For me, it does, it's not rocket science. Like it's, it's, sometimes I felt pretty sheepish about the book because the book is like basically just common sense. <laughs> to me, it's just like, everyone just take a breath and understand that there's nuance to a lot of situations and
0: that multiple points of view are pretty helpful. And what I, what I like about analytics, is that they have raised so many more interesting questions about sports that we just weren't capable of raising. Like, how do we figure out if a quarterback is good? And we have some of the smartest people in the world working on this. The scouts are actually really good at it. They don't get it right all the time, but they always pick out the top guys, like in the draft. Like you mentioned in in one of your uh, footnotes about Josh Allen, and the interesting thing about Josh Allen is that some of his analytics were not good. Some of his analytics are unbelievable coming out of college. Right his height, his weight, his arm strength, things like that. Like those are data points. And so the Bills decided that they liked those data points more than they liked his quarterback rating at Wyoming. So they kind of went again against this quarterback rating stat, which is not usually a good way to go, but they decided that some of these other things were right. Other people who have tried this have had it blown up in their face. <laughs> you know, they've said, oh, look at him. He's Dan Maguire is six seven and throws a, a bullet, but like Dan Maguire was horrible. So uh it's it's always this uh this ever-evolving beast that we're trying to figure out the answers to. And what I love about the Mac Jones example is that everyone said, Oh, no, 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 you gotta take the athletes. See, everybody's everybody's Mahomes, yeah. everybody's Josh Allen, and then it's the non-athlete. Who looks like me and in terms of his body type? And when it, there was that picture of him without his shirt on, smoking a cigar. And I was like, That's me. I know and, that guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> then, that guy's had, my frat. He's the best quarterback in the draft. It's like, I don't know, man. And the fact, the fact that we don't have the answers is a great part of your book. Like it's some things we just don't have the answers. And this constant chase for those answers, trying to figure out the weather and when tornadoes are coming is just like such a, that's like football. It's like, you're trying to look at all these things and figure out when tornadoes are coming and it's really hard to do.
1: It's really hard. And I think, I think the other thing, the other point I try to make in my book is I think there's sort of the strain of arrogance that is coming through us. That is like, uh, there's always one right answer and it's always in us to find it. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's so many situations, the world is more complicated than that. Like the world is full of mysteries. And sometimes the mysteries are kind of awesome. Like, like they make life interesting. If everything was fully predictable and the future always behaved like the past. And if the data was always correct, like, ugh, like great. We get to live inside a machine. Awesome. Like, it, <laughs> like the, the, the earth is not, I mean, earth is a very complicated system. Like you talk about the weather. I have, have a whole chapter on weather. The weather is really hard to predict. Like people always get mad at the weather. You know, oh my god, I can't believe it rained today. They said it wouldn't rain. Do you know how complicated it is to predict rain? Like it's it's really hard. Like certain conditions lead to rain often, but not always, and sometimes they lead to like Titanic amounts of rain, and you have no idea why. It's like, well, that came out of nowhere, and because it came out of nowhere,
0: <laughs> it's really hard to predict.
1: It's like a so that's the other. Uh, I think there's like a humility that we need to sort of reacquire, where it's like, okay, like we're not the dominant force in the universe. The earth is a, we don't understand everything. And we don't understand everything about our own bodies. And like we don't agree what the human spleen does. Like that's in us. Like that's, and we're, and we're, we think we cannot, we can divine every possible secret in the world. Like that's, so for me, that's another sort of like a step back. We don't have every answer. And it's okay. It's okay because debates are fun. And doesn't mean the other person's a moron. <laughs>
0: it's just like they just disagree. That's okay. Depending on the way they're disagreeing, yes.
1: <laughs> Depending on the way they and sometimes they are a moron. Yeah. Sometimes they are sometimes. a moron. Because the world is, <laughs> there are morons. <laughs> and you're not gonna get rid of them all. It's just it's uh, I don't know. One of the funny things I had I'm gonna get slightly philosophical here. This is probably not the venue to do it, but like go ahead. When I was young, I was so certain about everything. Like, I don't think there was a uh, more certain person on earth than 20-year-old me. And what a dickhead. Like, just thought I knew everything. I knew nothing. And what's happened over time is I always thought you would get more certain. As you got older, I was, I was always like, oh, well, you'll become set in your ways, right? That's the myth is that you become more set in your ways. I don't know anything. I, don't, I I have I can see room for debate in just about everything. I mean, not everything. Sometimes it's pretty cut and dried. Are you a good person? Is fairly, you know, that's cut and dried. But like the the, and I I guess I, the certainty of a lot of these arguments kind of I find sort of maddening. And like, oh, you're gonna get stepped on. Like this is not gonna work out for you. And, and for me, with the, the Durant example, is a great example where if everyone goes this one way, there's opportunity over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I wrote a business book that said the title, if I, I titled the business book, Follow the Crowd, my TED talk would not last very long. Like it would, <laughs> like it, it would, it would just not. And, and so, an analytics is like, this is the one right, right way to do this. Well, now there's an opportunity over here where you, Kevin Durant, finds the, because everyone thinks, oh, three points are, well, I'm going to go here where no one else is.
0: When this is use this is using a fullback in football. like the, there's five teams left that use fullbacks and they all succeed with it because right. no one knows what the hell to do with the foot fullback anymore.
1: Just, just go the opposite the pendulum swings and you find room on the other side. Like yeah. it's like there's a gap that gets created and then you're like, I'm, you know if every team is doing something one way, the the team that does that, the best will succeed. Yeah. but, but uh, yeah. But if you're third or fourth or fifth best at it, you're going to lose. And so you have to find a way to do it different. And that for me is like.
0: And this is why for any chess fans out there, Magnus Carlsen's the greatest player ever because he knows every main line, but he always finds a way to change it. And then all the commentators who are watching him go, well, what's he doing here? I don't know what this move is. And then 30 moves later, they go, it was that horse that moved. It was that thing he created out of nowhere, somehow in a game that's been played 10 million times. It's fascinating. Disrupted. And then he throws you off because now you don't know, because you are Kirk
1: cousins, you know how to respond given a certain set of parameters. Mm -hmm. We changed the deal. Bryson DeChambeau is a good example of this golf. He is amazing when everything is played under laboratory conditions. Yes. But you can throw him off so easily a little wind, a little whatever. And he gets all rattled because it's like, it's, it's uh. That's why he has one swing. He doesn't want to change any of the var- I don't want. He doesn't want variables. He's trying to steam all the variables out of golf. Well, unfortunately for Bryson, golf is played in nature, and occasionally there are variables. And that's, he is tremendously successful when everything goes according to plan. But sometimes the plan goes out the
2: window. Sam Ekstrom here, wondering if you're stuck on your company's injury report. In an unfortunate situation like that, it's good to have someone in your corner. That's where Kemet, Sanford, and Kramer Law can help you understand your rights under Minnesota's workers' compensation laws. There's enough uncertainty in our lives nowadays that the last thing you want is to feel helpless if you wind up in a bad situation after a workplace injury. Kemet, Sanford, and Kramer will fight for you if there's been a wrongfully denied work comp claim so you can get the benefits you deserve. If your claim's been accepted, they help with rehabilitation disputes, medical disputes, help you get a second opinion, and ensure you're getting all the benefits you're entitled to on an accepted claim. Kemet Sanford & Kramer will provide you with dedicated and experienced disability attorneys that have secured their clients tens of millions of dollars. Our good friends Mike, Pat, and Evan will handle all that messy legalese to and from the insurance company about your claim, while you focus on what's important, your recovery. And there's no cost involved for reaching out to Kemet Sanford and Kramer. In fact, you don't pay a dime unless they successfully obtain your benefits. You get paid, then they get paid. It's that simple. The website is YourMinnesotaWorkCompLawyer.com, where you can find a phone number to get a free consultation. This is an attorney advertisement from Kemet Sanford and Kramer, YourMinnesotaWorkCompLawyer.com.
0: Yeah, and sometimes I pull back and think of like how good these people are that we criticize for the the point zero 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 one that's missing, isn't it? Don't are even you? get me
1: started on this. <laughs> I, I, as a sports writer, I spend my life fielding calls or people coming up to me about uh, their kids and how they're going to be professional, whatever. And because I'm a soccer coach, so because I'm a soccer coach, I get it all the time with soccer. And soccer is probably the hardest game in the world to make it because it's played by Billions of people mm-hmm. I mean it is a truly world game played by millions and millions of people I had a parent the other I won't say who but his kid isn't even the best player at his high school and there are millions of high schools <laughs> like your kid has to be the best player in the country like the best player in the state of Minnesota the best high school player in the state of Minnesota will not play in the in Europe professional I can almost guarantee that mm-hmm. like you have to be so Good. These guys are so insanely good. It's like it's disturbing how good they are. And often it shows up in practice. Like if you see them just messing around, like it is nothing better than watching some guy in practice. Like Kirk Cousins, I bet, would do insane things with a tire on a rope on a football. Like it would blow your mind. And you'd be like, How dare I criticize this? It's God. <laughs> but you put him in that <laughs> right. It's like you see the little cracks.
0: That's how uh Brian Scalabrini is like 50 years old and there's a video of him yes. demolishing some high school kid who's good and he's just makes every shot It's like yeah. the, the the 13th guy on an NBA roster destroys everyone you've ever met a thousand times in a row a hundred to nothing. It's just the, the, like worst,
1: the worst player playing professionally would destroy you and everyone you care about in any <laughs> kind of game. It's like it's and it's one thing. You, it's 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 the one sort of insight I've had as a sports writer is like the gap, because every guy has this thing where it's like, well, if only I'd, if only I'd done this, I could have made it. I'm like, no, no, you couldn't. You can relax. You you wouldn't have.
2: And, <laughs> yeah.
1: and I'm telling that to sports parents all the time. I'm like, just let Jimmy enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna he's not gonna make it. It's okay. Soccer, soccer. You get signed at eight years old. You can join academies at eight. Mm. If you are 10, 11, 12, and you have not been found yet, it's, it's not happening. Yeah. Just, just enjoy Hockey's like that. Hockey's like that. Just enjoy yep. it. Just enjoy the game. It's yep. just for fun now, for you.
0: I started adding up one time golf. Like, my goal is to break 80. I really want to break 80. So I'm in the mid-80s right now, and I think, like, just do this, this, this. I started adding up one time what a tournament would be if I played 80 versus what, like, a top player played. How many shots after four oh. days? It's like 70 shots. I'm, Seven I'm shots, like 70. Yeah. Like if I play 80, you're like, oh boy, man, you're hitting it today. You're, you're on fire. Yes. And you're 70 shots behind a real golfer.
1: And they're playing like the hardest courses ever. Right. Right. They're In playing, terrible right. and brutal conditions yeah. from the tips, like yep. with greens that are concrete. Do you know wow. what, how hard it is to shoot 66? It's impossible isn't it it, it, that's perfect golf and it's like someone shoots a 72 in a final round you're like oh man did he ever sneak up
0: (laughs) there was a there was a lpga player who went i think like two and a half rounds without a bogey
1: yeah that's like
0: and and she's like five four and you know you're just like come on
1: but they're also the other thing that (laughs) i i think people don't understand about athletes is and i think there's probably a good book to be done about like Almost mental illness in athletics. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like the dedication, the passion, the time. I mean, it's almost pathological for some of these guys. Yep. Like the, the amount of time they spend hitting golf balls would make most of us insane. And oh, it's just yes. Most of us are just like, it's not worth it to me to do that. Like I, yes, I would like to be a better golfer. Am I gonna spend six hours a day at the range? No, no, I'm not. I would find that really tedious. And so <laughs> it's like that's the other thing that factors they're they're sort of naturally gifted but even the most naturally gifted of them works an insane amount at this thing. Phil Mickelson in a short game is like, how many leg shots is that guy hit? 1000,000 <laughs> million Like It's just like...
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the people. Who, I could return a serve from Serena. Like, nope. No, you oh, couldn't. no, you sure <laughs> couldn't. Those are amazing. The <laughs> thing I, love I, is
1: the, I love when people are like, um, well, America could dominate at soccer. We just have to take all our good basketball players and football players and, and put, make them play soccer. And I'm like, that's not, no, sure. That's yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's right. not how this works, but go ahead. It's like, it's, it's like, it's <laughs> such a, it's such a, I don't know. It's like
0: a people. You know, yeah. There's a lot of self-deception in the world. There is, there is. <laughs> I, I could gain three yards in the NFL. Nope. No, you couldn't. Oh my God. <laughs> I watched an NFL game. I was talking to a buddy about this the other day. If I had, if I played a down of football
1: it's not whether I would succeed. It's whether I would live. Yeah, correct. I, I think I would possibly die. Yes. In fact, very possibly die. Like not a 1% chance of death. I think if I took a full open field hit from one of those guys, it would probably kill me.
0: Very likely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> having, having seen it up close, oh. like on training camp sideline.
1: Yes. No understanding. People, you, people that have not stood on that sideline have no understanding of what that it is titanically violent
0: like. one time a player who is uh, a, a state champion weightlifter and nose tackle linval joseph the most powerful man i have ever met uh, i did an interview with him and he patted me on the back on the way out like just hey thanks for the interview i i mean i'm not kidding like jolted <laughs> forward it hurt I was, like, I was just like walking off walk off the back slap I was, imagine being a center you're lining up looking right at that guy like, this will be fine no i can do this like no. what uh, so it's uh, Whoa. and that's why that's why when people, will so I'll be critical, of course, as I as we have to. That's but, what we do. You know, people will tweet me. Well, oh, why do you hate Kirk Cousins? I have an unbelievable amount of respect for him. He is the .0001 percent of all people who have ever thrown a football. I 100%. have an incredible respect for that. But the franchise didn't build the giant stadium to go five and seven. I'm sorry. Like that's just but that's what makes him such a fascinating quarterback to study. And Chris, I have really enjoyed studying him with you. And I, uh, people oh should, look, should look for your book. Um, the eye test a case for human creativity in the age of analytics. And I, I know that, well, it actually seems like from people who listen to this show, that this is something I wouldn't read, but it's you. So I knew what it was going to be <laughs> because I've read your work for many years and I knew what it was going to be. And I was like, I can't So I got the email, like, do you want Chris on your show? And I was like, is, does he want to go on a Vikings podcast? Like, I sure do, bud. Yeah. Well, let's do it then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually learned something. So this is
1: the other thing. It's like, uh, I think people have to approach the world like always wanting to learn. Mm-hmm. I knew I'd learn something today. Because I, 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 you know more about football than I do. I want to listen. And so and Kirk, that Kirk Cousins anecdote, I'm literally kicking myself. because I'm like, oh, I could have done a whole section on Kirk Cousins. It's like, that's a fascinating debate. You do a book, the Kirk Cousins conundrum. Like it's so, no, I'm so happy to have been on with you. And um, I really appreciate you uh, talking about this. It's fascinating.
0: Yeah, Yeah, thanks, man. I really appreciate your time. And uh, the Kirk Cousins conundrum has been the last four years of my life, basically. So I feel like you're the man (laughs) to write this book. Yes. Uh, (laughs) You've seen those pictures that are like before 2020, after 2020, like this is like before covering Kirk Cousins, after covering Kirk Cousins.
1: I guess that you know that's uh, is it from Always Sunny, the guy with the red strings? And the you know, Oh, the yes, wall, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the wall of pictures. And like... then you
0: got the third down percent, and then you got the PFF rate, and then you got the big time throw rate, and then you got the <laughs> I
1: just want there to be a room in your house that's just Kirk Cousins all over the walls and ropes <laughs> yes. and sort of strings and weights. And like, uh, Says yeah. there isn't, uh, <laughs> it's just on the other side of that door. No, I really do appreciate you having me on, Matthew. Yeah. It's awesome.
0: Thanks, man. I'm really glad we could do this. And uh, one more time, the eye test, the case for human creativity in the age of analytics. Uh, you're going to want to read it. So uh, thanks, man. And uh, hopefully we can do something like this soon again.
1: Uh, I am always available to, uh, to have nerdy sports talks.